Daniels regrets body shaming Trump. She feels bad about the graphic description in the memoir. <laughs> we do too, Stormy. Which, uh, yeah, I read and I'll never be able to forget. That which was read cannot be unread. Yeah, you shouldn't have written that. That's just not cool. No, nobody with any anything would ever write that. Are we instructing the professional fornicator on etiquette at this point? Is that what's happening? Do you think she's listening? It got a lot of attention. She's touring the West Coast. Good morning, Stormy. Mm-hmm. I was hoping I'd never hear your name again, especially on this show. <laughs> but we don't all get what we want. <clears throat> uh Shout out to fellow migraine sufferers, as I had one last night, and this morning I feel like I was kicked in the head by a mule, although I'm fine. Um, it wasn't too terrible, but it's weird. I feel like I'm hungover, although I had nary a drop last night. I feel like I've had a concussion. Really? Yeah, I just don't want to move very fast. Of course, when do I? Um, <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, boy, it was a mysterious one last night, too. I worked out, I was digging some TV, and all of a sudden, things started disappearing in front of my eyes. Scary. Anyway. Um, but I'm fine. Read this editorial this morning, which, to my surprise, appeared in the USA Today, um, at least online. It's written by a uh, a woman by the name of Kelsey Curtinitis, who's an opinion contributor. And I'm going to read most of it for you um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I thought it took tremendous courage to write it. And I don't want anybody to think I'm just sharing it with you because it, it happens to fit my worldview because it's uh, it's just it's, it's very good. She writes, if belief were based on feeling, then Dr. Christine Blasey Ford's testimony would have won me over. I was unable to stop the tears as Ford described the days following the alleged assault by stating she had convinced herself that because she wasn't raped, she should just move on and just pretend it didn't happen. That's quote. Whether or not she's telling the truth about these allegations, the feelings that she identified are very real for survivors of sexual assault. I know this because I am one. Um, And then she describes at length that she was at a party as a 16-year-old, and there was an adult male who used to hang around the party supplying alcohol, and that she woke up to being raped or sexually molested in some way, and then he continued even as she was awake... Um, unfortunately, I just, uh, she did not report it. Um, ultimately I justified it the way Ford described, just move on and just pretend it didn't happen. I now look back at this time in my life with such empathy for that teenage girl I used to be. And if I'm honest with regret, I wish I had come forward to seek justice. I wish that this man who assaulted me while I slept and continued to assault me long after I had awakened would have faced consequences of some kind. I've often shouldered guilt for my silence, wondering how many other girls he might have abused after me. Then she describes the reasons people have for not reporting sexual assault. Fear of a broken system, social stigma, not wanting to relive the trauma in a painfully public way. Um, In my mind, I balanced these fears with the knowledge that each passing day, my story became less credible as any evidence that would have existed would soon disappear. It is also difficult to make these judgments when you're in shock and your mind is still reeling. I get it. But even though I regret not coming forward, I am thankful that I cannot today walk into a courtroom, name my attacker, and condemn a man for life because of what happened 14 years ago. I say this not because it wouldn't be justified and not because he didn't deserve it, 
but because I would not have a single shred of hard evidence to support my story. I'm a sexual assault survivor, and I don't want you to just take my word for it. There is nothing more terrifying than living in a world where unsubstantiated allegations are accepted as truth. Just ask someone in North Korea. There must be a standard. Otherwise, no one is safe from having their life destroyed by a wayward accusation. Due process is not an obstruction to justice. It is a foundation of the American rule of law and was meant to be a barrier to hasty judgment and conviction by public opinion. Uh, she goes on then in that mode and in some detail. And, you know, I can hit you with more of it, but I thought that was a gutsy thing to say. And it also it represents the point of view that many, many women who listen to this show have sent us. But guys are really afraid to say it out loud. Yeah, I, I don't think we would end up like North Korea or the old Soviet Union. I think it would go back to people don't believe women again. I think that's where we'd end up. Why, why don't you go ahead and play out that theory of yours? Because you, you said it the other day, and I thought it was pretty compelling. Well, I, after we have a few high-profile false accusations that are, are, are provable to be false, but they were taken seriously, then we go back to not taking people seriously again. I right. mean, obviously. Yeah. Oh, she's trying to do what that woman did. So yeah. you know your 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 efforts your efforts to it's it's definitely a good thing that now if somebody came forward and says Louis C.K. did this, we think holy crap, tell us your story, mm-hmm. and then a couple other women say yeah that happened to me too, and then we think okay well yeah it probably did happen then there's multiple accounts etc cetera, etc. Cetera. As opposed to Bill Cosby years ago when women would come forward and it just nobody listened. Just didn't even make the news, didn't make the paper, or Harvey Weinstein or whatever. So it's good that we listen. But you start just going with one person's opinion, have a couple of false ones show up. Now we're back to where we started. Every woman that comes forward is a crackpot or wants money. Right. Or you have to assume for safety's sake. Right. You've got to vet them like, you know, somebody. Well, I'm not even going to use that metaphor, but I see your point. She ends with... um, Evidence matters. Presumption of innocence matters. Due process matters. These truths exist to protect us all, even though that sometimes might mean a guilty individual walks free. And then, you know, I'm curious. I should have done this before the segment, but it just occurred to me. um, Oh, there are a couple of different ones. I was going to find her on Twitter. I have a feeling that she is being brutalized on social media right now. For expressing that point of view. Well, probably. For going yeah. against the uh, the narrative. Going against the flow. Partly because the flow is incredibly useful, politically speaking. Never forget, and I'm paraphrasing H.L. Mencken, politics is the art of frightening the herd into running one direction or another. Um, and, and, you know, the, the herd is to some extent running in a particular direction that's useful for Democrats. Although, you know, the, the, the counter herd <laughs> running in the other direction is said to be fired up as well. We shall see. So the other day was the one-year anniversary of uh, hashtag MeToo starting with the whole over Harvey Weinstein story exploding. Mm-hmm. God, I can't believe that's only been a year and that there's been so much happen. So many big-time figures laid low. Um, a senator lost his job. The biggest guy in movies and television are out of work. Right. Uh, one of the biggest stars, several of the biggest stars in television, Charlie Rose, Matt Lauer, others, mm-hmm. maybe the biggest comedian in the world at the time. All of them. And, and, and in one year. That was something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and Louis C.K. is trying to work his way back into the public eye, which, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what the market wants. I don't see a, a life sentence for... 
you know, doing what he did necessarily. Has anybody asked, did he be charged with anything? I don't think so. I don't think there are any charges pending. In his mind, he asked them if it was okay. Right. They were so weirded out, they said, yeah. Or thought it was a joke. Yeah. And it was on private property. I mean, he wasn't doing it in the public library or anything like that. Yes. So I don't don't know what they'd charge him with anyway. Well, uh, nobody's been charged except for Harvey Weinstein, right? Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby, obviously. I think that's it. Everybody else had just lost their career and reputation. Yeah, yeah. I would like to think that there are women all across the country, and dudes in some cases, too, um, and I want to get back to that in a second, but who are not putting up with it anymore, which is every bit as important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and good for you. Don't don't put up with it. Uh, you know, run your life the way you see fit, but, you know, for what it's worth, you have my support. Getting back to dudes, you remember the one dude who alleged uh, a great deal of sexual harassment in the California legislature. He's now been demonized by his party and punished and, ex, you know, excommunicated and the rest of it because it's it, it only counts if it's the other guys. There's a shock. Hypocritical politicians. I'll be danged. Yeah, a radio station we work for, and we work for many, which helps cloud this issue. Um, a, a saleswoman told us about a boss who whipped it out in front of her one time. Yes. And uh, and she just didn't say anything. And, I mean, you just, I would hope that if you, because that ain't cool. You do that to my wife, we're fighting. Yikes. Um, but uh, I would hope that if that happened today, she'd go, she'd go out and say, he just took his thing out. And everybody would say, boo-hoo, I mean, you're done. You don't get to do that. Right. As opposed to feel like I can't say anything because people think there's something wrong with me. Or better yet. Game of Thrones it yes. say What's I'm the walking, Game of Thrones version of this. I'm gonna take has a sword and a, chop it off. Drag it to your dragon. No. <laughs> no, here's what you do. You say, I am documenting exactly when and where and how this took place. I'm gonna go out and tell three of my coworkers, men and women, what just happened. Number one, you're never gonna repeat this, you perv. Number two, anything I want for the next ten years, you gimme. You've screwed up, perv. That's extortion. That's a worse crime That's than... Sh- why, why throw around such harsh words? That's a worse crime than showing your wee No, wee-wee. it's not. No, it's a bargaining chip. <laughs> it's negotiating, <laughs> so Jack. So to you, extortion you is extortion, a bargaining I say negotiation. <laughs> We're removing value judgments. Good, bad, I don't know. It's only cause and effect. <laughs> we have this scenario that we are now in. Right, right. God, take off your priest's collar. We're doing business you here. You showed me your thing. If you want to keep your marriage and your job, I want this account and that account. Right. Exactly. It's called leverage. I think that'd be awesome. Archimedes taught us about leverage thousands of years ago. (laughs) I actually think that would be awesome to respond that way. Yes. Yes. I now want the big account. It's very very House of Cardsian. That used to be a show before Kevin Spacey was forced to admit he groped teenage boys. There's another example of somebody. Just in the last year. A lot of names in one year. That was some little bubble that burst and needed to burst in American society of uh, of protecting these weirdos. Here, here. I don't see this as going away either. I think that's a permanent change. Like I said, I don't think that this guy could do that to a saleswoman anymore and, and get away with it. I hope. You know, I bet I could make a career out of some sort of uh, Machiavellian consulting work. She's
I would go around the country and do <laughs> seminars for for women in particular. Well, that's my preliminary idea. Because there are all sorts of motivational speakers out there uh, wasting people's time and money. Man, I'd teach women how to make it work. I like how to it. make it work for you. I like it. Um, uh, what is the safest car you can buy, according to the NHTSA? That's the Transportation Safety Administration. The safest car they've ever tested. Among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Safest car they've ever tested by the NHTSA. That's the uh, Transportation Safety Administration. They test cars, give them rankings. Um, Lowest probability of an injury of any vehicle they've ever tested is the Tesla Model 3. Really? Which is their uh, cheaper one. one. Yeah. 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 Way to go, Elon. And it beat out the second and third place, which are the Tesla Model S and Tesla Model X. The three safest cars they've ever tested are the three Teslas that are out there. They don't get enough attention for that. Fast, safe. They run on electricity, which is kind of crazy. It's insane. What is that? Uh, Different story. Life expectancy uh, varies a lot by where you live. This is another stat you should hear more often. Mm. Why do you give us the average? It's like real estate prices or anything else. What are you giving me the average of the whole country for? What's that got to do with me? It's useless. It is useless. Life expectancy less in some places. The interior of a volcano, for instance, that sort of thing. Yeah, on a plunging plane. <laughs> Jesus. Very low. I, I live uh, on an interstate in the middle of it. For instance, uh, just a couple of miles from each other. Drastic example in the Washington, D.C. area. Oh, yeah. Two neighborhoods that are nine miles apart. In one, the life expectancy is 961 I'm guessing that's a pretty Tony DC neighborhood with a lot of rich people with really good doctors. Upper Upper Georgetown. Ninety six point one is the life expectancy. It's insane. How's that even possible? That's the highest in America, by the way. Or that's got to be life expectancy at age something or other. That's the second highest in the that country. That can't be at birth. It can't be. Of they, course, in those neighborhoods, they have no births. I don't want to get off on a statistic thing, but they shouldn't give us life expectancy at birth anyway, since in the at least in the United States. Right. Um, I want to know, you know, if you if you if you make it to 40 past childhood problems and your accident, you know, <laughs> prone 20s. When you hey, could y'all do something watch crazy. this yeah. years. Right. How long are you going to live? That's the number I want to know. Exactly. Um, but so 96.1, you go nine miles further away in Washington, D.C., and it's 63.2. Goes wow. from ninety six to sixty three. Some would call that thirty three years. Holy cow! That's a full adult difference. That's full crazy. Grown up, lived your whole life difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what good does the life expectancy in the United States number do those two neighborhoods nine miles sure. apart? Well, and everybody knows everybody knows this sort of thing instinctively. The sure. crime rate in your state is meaningless. The crime rate in your county. Is only semi-meaningless. But God, they had to do a deeper dive on that. I have some guesses, obviously, um, of uh, lifestyle, health care. Income. 
etc. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so uh, this story has gotten a fair amount of attention. The L.A. Times uh, leading the way. <laughs> Sorry, I uh, got distracted. Jimmy Fallon did some sort of eating contest with Shaq last night. It looks pretty funny. <laughs> Shaq has a new chicken restaurant that he's opening. Oh, up. really? Yeah. Shaq can eat a lot of food. He has a very big mouth. Anyway, back to Joe. He's got a lot of big everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's uh, a report from the L.A. Times saying that the California Department of Motor Vehicles wrongly registered uh, to vote uh, roughly um, fifteen hundred people who are not citizens. And if you're not a citizen, you don't get to vote, period, right? Nope. Okay. Nope. Uh, it was one of 1,500 people who the California Department of DMV said on Monday were wrongly registered to vote between late April and late September. So, you know, about six months. Uh, these errors were in addition to the roughly 23,000 registration mistakes disclosed by the DMV last month. That you didn't hear about. I didn't hear about that. Because it's inconvenient to the mainstream media's narrative. What percentage of those um, non-residents would vote Democrat? All of them. Yeah, exactly. 99%, and I'm being charitable. And that's the way the system was designed, and I've been saying it since it was announced. A motor voter is uh, the idea that you are automatically registered to vote, and this is roughly how it works. When you get your driver's license or register your car or what have you, unless you check the box that says, Oh, please don't register me, for I am not allowed to vote. Um, It's obviously designed to get as many people on the voting rolls as possible because there's no real mechanism for checking who ought to be voting Transparently true, but what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Not in a uh, a state that's controlled by one party that's in favor of this. What are you going to do to stop it? Cry and wail and and pound our little fists on the table. (laughs) Pound your little fists. Yeah. The, uh, let's see, who is uh, Padilla in this case, or Padilla? you got to remind me who. Oh, uh, Secretary of State Alex Padilla said of the Arizona Monday. Blah, blah, blah. Um, he's called for election officials across California to discuss the issues, ask for an independent audit of the implementation of the motor voter there system run by the, the people in his party, I'm and sure. And will never be heard of again. Oh, uh, no. No, indeed. That's you do what you do with anything. Oh, we'll investigate that uh, next year. Sure you will. Boy, so, and here's a Canadian guy who who says, because he was wrongfully registered to vote, and he said, wait a minute, this isn't supposed to be happening. Um, and he said, what bothers me the most about this is there could be 10,000 errors out there or more. I don't want this current administration being able to say, look, we were right. They were illegal voters. Oh, yeah, good so point. So he's an anti-Trump guy. He doesn't want to give the, uh, the weapon to Trump. Very good point. So is Shaq's new chicken restaurant a chain or just one restaurant? I believe it's going to be a chain. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Shaq with a chicken chain because he was just on the Today Show with his... Uh... Oh, chicken Shaq. Sounds pretty cool. I get it. Is that the name of it? Yeah. I like it. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley, has just resigned, sitting next to President Trump. Love all round. And America really wants to get potted up these days. We've got the new figures on that. <laughs> all potted up on weed? Oh, yes. And the Clintons have just announced their new nationwide tour. Buckets of money expected to pour in. Is it about money or about Hillary running for president again? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So Taylor Swift is the first person speaking tonight at the American Music Awards, which guaranteed she gives a political speech, right? Since she just announced to her 
when I saw how many Instagram followers she had, 100 million or whatever, I mean, it's just an insane number. Right. Uh, but since she's decided to come out as political, and I'm, that's kind of, of what award shows have become, it seems oh, pretty yeah. unlikely she won't give a political speech of some It'll sort. It'll be thinly veiled indeed. And the crowd will cheer wildly. Right, right. I doubt she'll go overtly political. If she does, I want the country fans in the audience to storm the stage. Be like Kanye, but en masse. Once you get there, be polite and certainly don't raise a hand to anyone. But just run up there on stage. Uh, let's get chant, the... chant at her. USA! USA! <laughs> oh, jeez. Yes! Oh, my Wouldn't God. Wouldn't that be great? Oh. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, U.S. U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley is heading toward the door. President Trump accepting her resignation at the White House this morning. Trump saying, though, he had a heads up about this a while back. She told me probably six months ago, she said, you know, maybe at the end of the year, at the end of a two-year period, but the end of the year... I want to take a little time off. I want to take a little break. She's been a very successful, as you know, governor of South Carolina for eight years. And uh, then she uh, she did this, and this is possibly even more intense. Haley, I, I put $100 on the idea that she'll be our first woman president. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I could absolutely see it. She was a popular governor, U.N. ambassador. She's super smart. How old she's no gal measured. She? I think she's in her very early 50s yeah. or... Late 40s, early 40s. It's going to be a while, because Trump's there either two or six, and you're probably not going to follow him with a Republican. If he wins two terms, no. I could still, I realize this is a long shot. I'm doing a lot of wagering these days. I got all sorts of things cooking. Um, Well, he's not going to lose to a Republican either, so. It's a seven to one shot right now, but he says one term is enough, he drops the mic. Oh, gotcha. Because that would be a very yeah. Trumpian thing to do. I've been the greatest president of all time. Lowest unemployment rate, highest stock market. And he knows what business cycles are. Yeah. And he'll think, <laughs> yeah, why don't I let the next guy or gal, you know, take the downturn. Um, and, and, and Nikki Haley will be the chosen one. Mike Pence, his face will turn even oranger than Trump's <laughs> in rage as he's passed over. But Nikki will run. Haley has been on the job since the start of the Trump administration and says... I'm a believer in term limits. I think you have to be selfless enough to know when you step aside and allow someone else to do the job. So, thank you, Mr. President. You, it's Mr. been an honor okay, well, that, was, that was a false note. She did two years. That's plenty in that gig. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And on. I don't care who the U.N. ambassador is, so there's that. Meaningless debating society. Moving along, the wife of the former Interpol president who disappeared in China has revealed that she has received a threatening phone call warning of agents coming for her while she fights a so far very fruitless battle to get information about her husband's fate. In the first one-on-one interview since he went missing, Grace Meng denied bribery allegations against her high-profile husband and told the Associated Press that speaking out about his disappearance was placing her in, quote, great danger. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Presumption of guilt societies. China, Saudi Arabia, North Korea. You just get disappeared. Support for legalizing pot continues to grow. New Pew Research Center survey finding 62% of Americans now favor legalization. That is the highest percentage since the study began in 1969. Well, a certain amount of it's just demographic changes, right? You got younger people coming of age to uh, to say yes. Sure. 
And even yeah. some of the older are saying yes and have been saying yes since about 1969. Right, the hippie vanguard. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Anyway, the old the dropout. This weekend, the dropouts. Really good. The ne'er-do-wells. Yeah, hippie vanguard. is. We play a lot of Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> Hendrix, not very well. The only age group now opposed are members of the silent generation, those born between 1928 and 1945. Well, you'll remain silent. Thank you. Clinton's Clinton's on tour. Bill and Hillary announcing a 13-city tour in 2018 this year and next year. This is so good. That's a, that, for that's, what? That, that's a, it's a listening tour of some sort. Mm-hmm. That's setting you up to run for president. What that is? I think you're out of your mind. I would I would take that bet against ye, but I know you you believe that. I want it to be true so much. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I know you do, Jack. The outing is... The, a... the reason it would be so entertaining is the Democratic Party is done with the Clintons. Oh, right. Yeah. So they're going to turn on her viciously. They are the unwanted guest. like the next morning they're still there and asking what's for breakfast. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, so that could be ugly. The uh, outing is a series of conversations that has been dubbed an evening with President Bill Clinton and former Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton. <laughs> God, do they have enough sway to make money anymore? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they'll sell us. I almost said it as low. Oh. Uh, a shipload of tickets. Yeah. Uh, I bet Yes, yes, now, yes. Now, somebody brought this up to me the other day, and they claim to have seen the numbers, but I have not seen them myself. And as my hallmark is fairness, I will just ask the question i have heard that the uh the contributions to the clinton foundation have fallen off precipitously since she left office suddenly mysteriously people are not nearly as interested in those noble causes anymore but again i have not seen the numbers if anybody has access to them feel free to uh text them to us or email a mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com couple of quick final notes. The owner of the Chargers has died. The team tweeted that Alexander Spanos, the founder and the owner of the NFL franchise, passed away at the age of 95 this morning. And Jack, I don't know if you bought your hat yet, but the Dodgers are headed to the National League Championship Series for the third straight year. Okay, so I gotta buy a, I gotta buy a Dodgers hat and a Chiefs hat. I'm trying to get on both of those bandwagons. Wow. There you go. Dodgers defeated Atlanta 6-2, to two, knocking the Braves out of the playoffs. And that's your- Speaking of a sport people actually watch, the NFL, um, Chiefs at Patriots this Sunday night. That's going to be a big, uh, big game. And hey, amending some of our comments after the first week of the season, ratings are looking good. Mm. They're actually up for the NFL this year. So it's... Uh, it's over. It's back. It's, death may have been announced prematurely. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I'm still off it, though. I've lost interest. Mm. My brother's trying to get me into the Chiefs because he's a Chiefs fan. They're and, an exciting uh, club yeah. if you want to watch football. Yeah. The yeah. most fun player in the league is their quarterback. Right. That's what he says. And he's going to be uh, at Tom Brady this weekend, so that'll be a hugely rated game, obviously. Probably get his head broken and won't play for another year and a quarter. His head broken. So such a drag. He's got a broken brain. head! <laughs> They're taking him through the broken head protocol on the sideline. Yeah, the 49ers look to be resurgent, and then their quarterback, old Jimmy, what's his name, is uh, he's, he's done for the year. Student drivers call 911 on their what turned out to be intoxicated driving instructor. <laughs> oh, boy. That's uh, not the way it's supposed to go. A hotel has had to poop, pull a sexist ad after complaints. And the New York Times, the multi-page article on life on the dirtiest block in San Francisco. Yes! 
filthy. It's good to be famous, huh? What? Having the whole country know how filthy your streets are. Oh, boy. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Super expensive hotel had to pull its ad because it's sexist and got blowback on social media. Everything gets blowback on social media. Good Fools. freaking God. Right. Anyway, you got a man and woman in bed. I'm going to assume they're married. No no couple should be in a hotel room together unless they're married. Certainly not. Um, this, this Mr. and Mrs. Jones checking in. Couples in bed with the big fluffy robes on that I never wear at a hotel. Of course, they don't have them at the Super 8, so <laughs> I don't put on the Super 8 hotel. Uh, how about the scratchy towel? Remind yeah. you of your high school days. Yeah. Anyway, so the the couple's sitting in bed with the big thing of fruit that they ordered from room service, and they're both reading in bed and smiling at each other. Don't we have great lives? Anyway, he's reading a newspaper. She's reading a coffee table book about fashion, apparently. Wait a minute. Insinuating, of course, that he's interested in what really matters in the world, and she's just a pretty head. <laughs> silly, silly woman. This snapshot is the total encapsulation of who these people are. All right, exactly, right. exactly. <laughs> and everything we all do every single day uh, indicates our entire personalities. That's right. That's the way the real, real human beings are, you see. Um, so I came across this, thought this was good, since I have kids at roughly in this age group. Five things I'm telling my kids to prepare for the future. And who is telling me this? Uh, this person that was the co-chair of the World Economic Forum's Global Future Council in Education, Gender, and Work. They've tried to distill some of the council's most important research in, into advice for their own children as they age their way into the workforce. Oh, okay. This woman has a uh, has four kids, ages 5 to 14. Now, this is the global perspective. My kids aren't going to try to find a job in India, probably, more than likely. Hmm. Or Haiti, or an emerging African country, for instance. So you know, kind of like what we were talking about averages earlier across the nation. But still, some of this is interesting. Robots probably aren't taking over; they are going to uh, augment. They're going to complement. They're going to replace humans in some areas that you know a computer can do it, and a lot of those are pretty obvious. But there's going to be a lot of other jobs, according to the world studies on this. Some studies suggest that, and we've quoted this before, 65% of children entering primary school today will have jobs that do not yet exist. That's amazing. And for which their education, the way it's currently put together, will fail to prepare them. I hadn't heard that part. Hmm. So, the vast majority of kids, like my kid's age, they're going to have a job that we haven't even thought of yet. And our education system isn't going to prepare them for that job. And as currently structured, it won't adapt quickly enough. It's election season, so <clears throat> in my part of the world, we're hearing uh, scary, scary ads warning us against these out-of-state billionaires trying to, uh, you know, take your money for schools and the rest of it. Yeah, the education powers that be are trying to quash any sort of um, innovation. 
any sort of uh, bold out-of-the-box thinking. It goes against their interests, and I would argue that this is precisely the time when we should be doing the most of that. Uh, you know, reading, and writing, and arithmetic are still incredibly important and always will be, but, man, you got to have uh, schools that are nimble on their feet can realize, you know what, robotics and software and software tied to robotics and that sort of thing. We ought to be giving kids the basics of that when they're 17, 18 years old. Why not? So I know... Because the union says you can't. I know of a kid in grade school that I was talking to the other day. I tweeted about this, but I know of a kid. I won't say what school, where in America. This happened. But was telling me about how they just finished stuttering, studying Cesar Chavez in school. And uh, I have some idea of what this kid has learned so far in school. But I thought maybe I'd miss some of it. I said, what have you learned about George Washington? And, and this kid said, nothing. Other than, other than me talking about it or stuff this kid has seen on like cartoons and stuff. Nothing in school about George Washington. When I said, how about Thomas Jefferson? He said, who's that? Um, nothing about Abraham Lincoln, but Cesar Chavez. Got that nailed down. And a suffragette gal as well. Yeah, right? and a suffragette girl, gal that I had to Google because I didn't know who that was. Yeah. Um, uh, that is uh, mind-blowing to me. That is just freaking. Not surprising, I guess, but just freaking. I can't believe it. Wow. I just can't believe it. Wow. And some of you who are stupid, stupid idiots are even now crafting angry emails and texts and tweets saying, so do you think they shouldn't learn about Cesar Chavez? It's not the point at all, my stupid, stupid friend. I Seems to be somewhat misplaced priority. My answer would actually be no until you've learned all that other stuff. Right. Of vastly more significance to world history, not just American history. Having crafted the oldest democracy on the planet, the best hope for mankind that's ever existed. The guy who uh, you may have heard had wooden teeth, uh, which isn't true, but perhaps you haven't heard. He invented the idea of an executive who, the chief executive, the highest office in the land, who peacefully hands over power That really did. in the modern world. That really depressed me <laughs> when I found that out. It actually depressed me. It's probably because it's so depressing. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Anyway, back to this study of uh, education for the future. One thing I'm, I don't know if the world, whatever it is, studies said, you know, the best way to educate your kids is to try to settle old racial grievances through the school system and feel like you've accomplished something. Oh, boy. I don't know if that's preparing you for the future jobs you need, but anyway. Hard to imagine. Um. Yeah, working out your political urgings as a union is what we're doing to our kids now. You'll be in school the rest of your lives is one of the things they took away. In practical terms, constant technological change requires that my children's generation needs to begin thinking of education as a lifelong pursuit. Amen to that. That is a good idea. It's always been true, but it's uh, I would say it's now not as noble and enlightening and, and cool as it is just a flat necessity. You can and probably will be your own boss. Currently, a little over half the working age population are traditional employees, but that's changing rapidly. Um, Technology and everything else, I think you probably all understand. There will be a lot more people doing their own thing on a computer from the coffee shop or their apartment. Yes. You know, I'm my own boss, and I haven't talked about this before, but uh, I have groped me. uh, I'm afraid it's been more than once, too. Focus on social skills. 
Well, my eldest will be perfect. Why is that? As, autom- as, aut- <laughs> <laughs> as automation advances, the most prized skills are those that can't be performed by a robot. That makes sense. Oh, whoa, overall, and ironic given these staring at their phone generations. Overall, social skills such as persuasion, emotional intelligence, and teaching others will be in higher demand across industries uh, than narrow technical skills. I can believe that. You can't you can't teach a robot to to sell things. My friends who are the most successful, and some of them are you know I became friends with as an adult. Some are friends from way back that I'm aware of. Are those who can grasp the technology reasonably well and have the skills you're talking about, um, persuasive skills, uh, teaching skills, that sort of thing. That is a great combination. That's the combination. Boy, boy. I- a lot of that part stuff, though, I think I think a lot of that you're born with. I mean, you're not born with your, any of your computer stuff. You decide to get that. But the some people are just good at the whole persuading emotional intelligence stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely true. Yeah. Please clap. <laughs> Jeb, not so much. <laughs> well, if you, if you get the award-winning fourth hour of the show, it's going to be a blockbuster. If not, grab it uh, via the podcast. Yeah, it's available out there somewhere, wherever podcasts are sold. Ours are free because we're stupid. We're stupid. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.